Presbyterian Church. We are so glad that you are here. Whether this is your first time or your hundredth time, whether you're sitting in your favorite pew that you sit in every week, or if you're joining us by means of the internet or the radio, we are so glad that you are here. As we begin this hour of worship, I want to invite you to grab the friendship pad in your pew to sign it and to pass it down the aisle so that you might be able to greet those around you by name. This is a practice of hospitality and we appreciate your help. I also want to draw your attention to the prayer and the connect cards that you might see in your pews. Um, we encourage you to fill those out if you are looking for more information, ways to connect, or if you have a prayer, a joy, or a concern, we would love to share that with you. So please use all of those things. Friends, it is another week. It is another week, which means we have more things happening, and I want to draw your attention to three announcements in particular. You'll see there are a bunch on the back of your bulletin, but three in particular. We have PHPC Serves Week coming up. That is when members of this congregation leave the walls of this church, go out in the city and serve, and there are opportunities for every age and stage of life, so I really encourage you to sign up for that. And second option I want to raise up is we have a grief group gathering that gathers together. If you are in a season of grief, I would encourage you to check out this opportunity. It is hard to go through those seasons alone, and you will find um, community in that space. So please take note of that. The third opportunity I want to lift up is Starting Point, which is our class for membership. If you have been visiting Preston Hollow this summer and you'd like to join, or if you have been with us for five years and have just never actually made the commitment, we would love to have you sign up. So starting point is coming up, so please save the date for that. Friends, this week we are asking the question, why church? Why show up? Why gather here? I imagine there are as many different answers to that question as there are people in this room. I mean, I just listed three possibilities in the announcements. Maybe you show up for service. Maybe you show up for grief. Maybe you show up for a place to belong. I don't know what the answer is for you, but I can say that I'm so glad that you did show up. We cannot do faith alone. We need one another. So in community, let us worship holy God.
belongs to God. It is good to live in community. Love and faith come together. We are glad to be in God's house. uncommon to hear someone say, I love God, but I don't love the church because the church makes a lot of mistakes. When people say that to me, I can't be mad because I know they are correct. The church is a human organization, and as a human organization, we often get it wrong. However, that is why this moment in the service is so important. In the prayer of confession, we acknowledge that we often miss the point and in apologizing for not always getting it right, we take the first step to a better day. So pray with me, even though we will get back in this spot next week. Pray with me, because God's grace is always abundant. Let us pray. 
God of the three in one, we confess that we try to go at it alone, isolating ourselves from you and from one another. We convince ourselves that the details in our lives easier, faster, if managed alone. We remain silent when we could speak. We speak when we could listen. We close the door when we could fling it wide open. We judge when we could seek understanding. We glean when we could give. Thus, O oh God, our individualism and self-centeredness Remind us that we belong to you and to one another. Amen. Church, there is nothing that can separate us from God's love. No sin, no shame, no doubt, no fear. You are God's, you are loved, and nothing can change that. So hear and believe the good news of the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Gracious God, week after week we come to this space to hear a story of hope, and week after week we come to this place to hear a story of love. And week after week we come to this space to hear something, anything, that will change our cultural narratives that surround us, narratives of competition, bigotry, and fear. So today we pray, be that word, open our ears, minds, and hearts to know you better. Eagerly we pray, gratefully we pray. Amen. So last week I invited you uh, to pull out the little blue book that is in, uh, in front of you in the pew, uh, the Bible. And this week, if you've already pulled out the Bible, I would ask you to put it back. Um, we're going to switch up this week, and this is why. Um, do you know that the Bible, the text was, I don't believe, ever meant to be individualized? It was never meant to, uh, to be available for our own personal study and use. And while it's good to have a personalized Bible, it's good to be able to have God's word. Um, our tradition was an oral tradition. It was a tradition handed down from one generation to the next. It was actually uh, when King James uh, was able to acquire the printing press that we got the King James version of the Bible and all the Bibles went out into the land. And so I'm afraid if we take our Bibles this morning and sort of bury our nose in them, we will miss what the original writer of this text is trying to convey to us. There's a rhythm to the text today that I don't want us to 
to miss. There's a refrain. And if we have our face buried in there, we may just say, oh, that's funny. Those words show up time and time and time again. No, they're there for a reason. And we're going to turn to the book of Hebrews today. And this is what you need to know about the book of Hebrews. Some people say it's not really a book. It's just one of the longest sermons ever recorded in history. <laughs> Which makes me feel better as a preacher. <laughs> and this is what you need to know for 10 the author, some people argue that it's the Apostle Paul, some people say it's not the Apostle Paul, that doesn't matter. For 10 chapters, the preacher has been preaching and is reaching a point in the text where the preacher wants to remind us that in God, in Christ, alone, we come to know God's whole activity in the world. So uh, listen for the rhythm. Listen for names that you uh, once heard when you were a child and may not have heard in a really long time. Because these names are like reading the role of the Hall of Fame of Faith. Listen now for the word of the Lord. By faith, Abraham, when put to the test, offered up Isaac. He who had received the promises was ready to offer up his only son. And by faith, Isaac invoked blessings for the future on Jacob and Esau. And by faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the top of his staff. And by faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave instructions about his burial. And by faith, Moses was hidden by his parents for three months after his birth because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. And by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to share ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. And by faith, he left Egypt unafraid of the king's anger, for he persevered as though he saw him who is invisible. And by faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. And by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if, as if it were dry land. But when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. And by faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. And by faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the spies in peace. And what more shall I say? And what more shall I say? For time would uh, fail me. Time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and don't even get me started on the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. Remind us, O oh God, that you hover here. You hover in this very sanctuary just as you hovered over the waters of creation. So create afresh and anew this very day. Reach across the ages and breathe new life into these ancient words. And breathe new life 
words of my mouth and into the meditations of all of our hearts. Do something new, O God. Speak to us a word. For we do pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. So uh, if you woke up tomorrow morning and you were driving and you got to the intersection right here at uh, Preston and Walnut Hill and you looked over and Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church no longer existed, it was gone in an instant. What would be missing from our neighborhood? What do you think our neighbors would say uh, was missing tomorrow? If you woke up tomorrow morning, got in your car, drove to the, uh, the intersection right here, Preston and Walnut Hill, you're on your way to get to the tollway to go to work, and Preston Hollow was no longer here. What do you think would be missing from our city? Oh, what do you think would be missing from our world if this church no longer existed tomorrow? Better question. If Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church no longer existed tomorrow, what would be missing from your world? Well, I guess if uh, Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church disappeared tomorrow, um, 142 students would show up on the north end of the campus, uh, students with learning differences. They would uh, show up because they were thinking they were coming to school, but we would no longer have a school, so I guess they would be disappointed. But um, I've met some of the parents. They're really capable. I'm sure that they would pull together with the faculty, and by the end of the week, they would have another place to meet, and they would have a plan on how to build another school. I guess that's probably true of our preschool as well. If Preston Hollow uh, disappeared tomorrow, Families Anonymous wouldn't have a place to meet. They wouldn't have a place to meet right here in Jubilee Hall on Monday evenings. I mean, I'm sure that they could probably find another church to meet in, but let's just be honest, the parking wouldn't be near as convenient. If Preston Hollow disappeared tomorrow, I learned this from Sarah R. this week, our young people feel like the youth house is the only place in all of God's great creation that they feel like they wholly and fully belong to God. So I guess if Preston Hollow disappeared tomorrow, the youth house would disappear too, and our young people wouldn't have a place where they feel like they fully belong. If Preston Hollow disappeared, I guess folks would have to find another church that has a really extra long runway right here to get married in. <laughs> we'd have to find other places to do memorial services. I mean, we'd have to find another building to do Bible studies. I mean, RPW would have to like jump into other PW circles. Our uh, men's breakfast would have to find other men that like to get up at four o'clock in the morning just to have fried eggs. <laughs> And our choir, our wonderful choir, they would have to find somewhere else to sing. You would have to go and make another community half as proud as we are of you. And I don't know what we would do with Bradley and Steve, but I'm sure that they could find a job somewhere. <laughs> and me, I have no idea what I would do. But if Preston Hollow disappeared tomorrow, what would be missing from your life? Do you know that the fastest growing religion, the fastest growing denomination in the United States of America are the nuns? Not the N-U-N-S's, though that would be newsworthy, by the way. 
the N-O-N-E-S's. This is a subsect of our people when polled to uh, identify their religious affiliation. Check the box none, N-O-N-E-S. For this subsect of the population, the church at the corner of Preston and Walnut Hill has disappeared. For this subsect of our population, they have said the institutional church doesn't offer anything to me. In fact, uh, when, when, when polled, the nuns, when they are polled and asked, what are the first words that come to mind when you hear the word church? Do you know what their responses are? Homophobic, hypocritical, judgmental, and insensitive to the needs of others. not for all people. It is for some, but not for all people. I mean, I have friends, you have friends who grew up in the church. I mean, we were in the same youth group together. They're just totally disinterested in the church. And you know what they're especially disinterested in? The infighting. They tell me all the time, uh, Matthew, I'm sort of tired of the the infighting, the, the battles that go on between whether or not you're allowed to drink coffee in the sanctuary or you're supposed to finish it before you come in. I'm tired of arguing about whether or not God actually loves all of God's children. I'm tired of having the same old debate on whether or not God loves all of our LGBTQ folks. I don't want to get caught up in that mess. They're tired of the infighting because they see the infighting is standing in the way of the church actually dealing with They say it to me, they say it to you. I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. They tell me all the time, Matthew, I don't need to come to a church to find God. I can find God on a mountaintop. I can find God standing at the ocean. I can find God pretty easily, Matthew, in a sunrise or a sunset. Do you know I have a group of buddies who convince me every time we get together to play golf that they can find God more easily on a golf course than they can in any church. They always try to convince me of this on the very first tee box. And it seems like they're right. Because for 18 holes, the God that they found on the golf course, they curse God's name <laughs> for 18 straight holes. I'm sure you have friends who tell you the same. You signed them up for vacation Bible school. They went all week. They even stayed for lunch. Then you got them confirmed. Stuck them in the youth house, put them on the van, sent them to a retreat somewhere. Sent them to build houses in rural Appalachia every single summer. You even took some uh, time during the, 
your busy week, during your busy schedule, and you would sign up and you would serve with them at the soup kitchen. And they could care less about church. And so there you are, you're sitting, left wondering, some of you this morning are literally sitting in the pew, left alone wondering this question. Why aren't they here with me? Why does faith not seem to matter to them? It mattered so much to me and to us. You did everything right. You did everything right. And yet they checked the box none. Which is one way of saying if the church disappeared from this corner, nothing would be missing from my life. And can I just say, I get it. I get it. I mean, critics of the church, it's not like they don't have a leg to stand on, they do. the church is made up of imperfect people. For instance, uh, let's go back to the, 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 those in the Hall of Fame of Faith this morning, the names that we read. Let's remember for a second, they're in the Hall of Fame of Faith, and they didn't spend one minute in a church ever in their life. And let's remember, uh, those in the Hall of Fame of Faith, they had some really, really good seasons. I mean, they had some seasons when everything was going right in their life and they were tuned into what God was saying and their lives reflected that faithfulness. On their best days, on their very best days, these were people faithful to God's call in their lives. But on their worst days, these people murdered their siblings, cheated on their spouses, hurt people very close to them by betraying them for the almighty dollar and even power. And that's me just scratching the surface. So I get it when people say to me, why would I want to be involved with a motley crew like that? Why would anyone want to be connected to an institution that claims them in the Hall of Fame? This is what I've come to learn. If I don't rush to answer, if I sit with that question for half a second, this is what I come to realize. I come to realize deep down in my own bones that I am capable of the same thing. I'm capable of the good that they represent, but I'm also capable of the bad. We're capable of the very best moments, are we not? We're capable of the very worst moments. But we trust through God that, that uh, none of us are the very best thing that we've ever done in our life. And none of us are the very 
we come to trust that even in the midst of that, that God is working through us, that our lives are connected to a bigger story. And I gotta tell you, I wish my friends knew that. And I do wanna tell you something. I love my friends, even if they don't love the church. And can I tell you a secret? I think God does care. I just wish they came to know the grace and the mercy extended by an entire community. I wish that they knew what it was like to be loved in community and a place where they could risk vulnerability. I can't tell you what would be missing from your life if Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church disappeared tomorrow. But I can tell you what would be missing from my life. And it's not just my paycheck. This is why church for me in 2019, this is why church for me at 36 years old. Because uh, when I was a kid in Aiken, South Carolina, I went to Millbrook Elementary School. And uh, when I finished the fifth grade, I went to Kennedy Middle School. It was right across the street from Millbrook Elementary. I went right across the street to Kennedy Middle. And when I finished eighth grade, I left Kennedy Middle School and went right across the street to South Aiken High School. And right there, right next to this three-layer cake of school was a Baptist church. And I grew up in South Carolina, so that means that that Baptist church is huge. And it had a giant steeple. I mean, one of the largest steeples you've ever seen. I mean, we sort of look like a junior church compared to the steeple on this thing. Got it? And throughout my adolescence, throughout my adolescence, anytime that I felt alone, anytime I was scared, anytime I felt fear, anytime I was worried or joyous or nervous or uncertain, I got to tell you, I would look to that steeple and I could locate it from any corner of those campuses. I would find that steeple when I felt like I was alone and I would look at it and I would take a deep breath in. And that big old Baptist steeple helped this Presbyterian kid remember that I was never alone. On the days where I wasn't clear on who I belonged to or where I fit in, I found that steeple and it helped remind me of who I belonged to. On the very best days of my life, when I felt like everything was going well, I would also look at that steeple and it would remind me that my story was caught up in a bigger story. And I want to be abundantly clear. I don't view that steeple as some sort of uh, good luck charm. I don't view it as some faint ritual symbol. No, that steeple represented a place that I belonged. It represented what my home church meant to me, what they taught to me, and what I came to know with every fiber of my being. I belong to God, and I am loved by God no 
period, end of conversation. And can I say at its best? At its best, that's what the church is. At its best, the church is a collection of people who are united by a shared experience of God. Did you notice that I didn't say that a church is a collection of people who are united by a shared doctrine? No, at our best. The church is a collection of people who are united by a shared experience of God who help to create a place for all of God's children to belong and to know that they are loved equally, period, end of story. It's a place where every person's experience of the divine is welcomed equally. That's the church at her best. And you and I both know we're not always at our best. But that's where faith comes in. You heard me preach Paul's words when I read the text this morning. By faith, Moses. By faith, Gideon. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Noah. You know, I could tell a similar story. I could tell a similar story of imperfect people who love a perfect God. My version would go something like this. By faith, the church is 30 days of casseroles. By faith, the church is 30 days of casserole. Some concoction of cream of mushroom soup for 30 days in a row that shows up right there on the doorstep of a young couple who visited the church one time. They have no idea how the church found out that they had had a baby, but there it is. By faith, casseroles, feeding and nourishing and caring for that couple. By faith, the church takes form of a small group who has surrounded you for the last years of your life. You can't even remember how long it's been. You've shared with them your deepest joys and your greatest struggles, and you let them know that you're in a soul-sucking career and it's time to get out. You didn't know when a new job would come or if it would even come. You were praying for a promotion or whatever you could take, and then you found out on Friday. It came in. You got the new job. They're the first people that you call. They're the folks who rejoice with you, but they also help you to remember that that achievement is not by your own doing. And that you're the same person today that you were yesterday, and you're going to be the same person on Monday when your title finally changes. By faith, there it is. It appears. It's a prayer blanket. You were out of the room when it arrived. You were receiving your third chemo treatment of the week. And frankly, you came back in the room and you've never felt less alive in your entire life. There's a note right there. It says, uh, our community, your church, is praying for you. And you know that the 150 people who are praying for you actually don't know who you are. But it doesn't matter. Because your name's on an email somewhere, and you belong to them, and therefore they're going to pray for you. Oh, the faith, by faith, the church shows up on distant shores of developing nations. You got on a trip and you thought you were going to go serve. Uh-uh. You realize very quickly you were there to be served. It catches you completely off guard. I mean, you're an American. You're there to produce something. And then it happens.
happens, someone opens up their home, they, uh, they set a feast at the table, it's fit for royalty. They heard you were coming, so they sent off and killed the fatted calves. For little old me, it's a sign of love wrapped in hospitality. And that meal causes you to question everything that you have held dear for your entire life. And what you experience at that table can transcend any argument or any divide that you have ever encountered on the planet. And it's right there. Right there. Church, mind you, you've lost the love of your life. 40 years of marriage. Maybe you've lost a parent. Or even worse, maybe you lost a child. And your grief numbs every part of your body and every part of your life. And rightfully so. There's a knock at the door. You can't even remember the person's name, but they're there to talk, they say. All you know is they keep showing up and they assure you that they're more comfortable with any preconceived setback that you may have and they are far more comfortable than you are with your own tears. By faith, you come to know in a new way what it means to walk through the valley of the shadow of to know that thou art with me. And don't you even get me started on the rest. But time would fail me to tell you that's the church. That's who we are. That's who we are. stories are part of a bigger story. Our imperfect stories are part of God's story. And friend, we cannot do faith or this life alone. So that's why church for me in 2019, that's why church for me at the age of 36. Why church for you? Why are we here? As you seek to answer that I want to remind you to trust something. Trust that when you look at your life and you think it doesn't look anything but ordinary, there are other people that look at your life and view it as beautiful. Please trust this, that when you look at your life and all you can see is that it is slightly to moderately broken, that there are people who look at you and they claim you and they say, you belong to me. 
because you belong to God. So friends, as you seek to answer this question for yourself, trust that you belong to God and seek to live like you belong to every person you meet beyond these walls. For in the words of Sarah Johnson, friends, it's all that in you. It's all that hard. Let us pray. Thank you for the gift of this life, O oh God. Thank you for the gift of the church. May we come to live more fully so we can reflect your love to the whole world. Amen. Friends, having heard the word read and proclaimed, let us rise together and say what it is that we believe. Church, what do you believe? We believe in the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who gathers, protects, and cares for the church through word and spirit. This God has done since the beginning of the world and will do to the end. We believe in one holy, universal Christian church, the communion of saints called from the entire human family. We believe that God has entrusted the church with the message of reconciliation in and through Jesus Christ, that the church is called to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, that the church is called blessed because it is a peacemaker, that the church is witness by both word and by deed to the new heaven and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. You may be seated. Family of Faith, as we prepare our hearts for prayer, I want to remind you of one of the spiritual practices of this community, which is to sign care letters to those in need. It is part of what we do by being the church. So friends, as you exit this space today, I invite you to linger by the window and write your name on those care letters. It will be a signature of your prayer. Friends, let us go to God in prayer. Creator God, we come to you today because we know that you are the God of the stars and the sky. You are the God of the east and the west. You are the God of today and tomorrow. So with hope, we bow our heads. With hope, we bring you prayers spoken, prayers left unspoken, and prayers too big for speaking. We are a chorus of dreams and prayers. So draw near to us as only you can. Gracious God, by faith we pray for this world. We pray for the seven million people who have been displaced by severe weather this year. We pray for the families and the children in Syria who remain long-term victims of violence and warfare. We pray for the water crisis that so often goes unnamed.
and we pray for political leaders with influence. May they use it well. And by faith, God, we pray for our nation. We pray for those whose lives were forever changed on September 11th, 18 years ago. We pray for peace, aware that our nation has had more mass gun shootings recorded this year than there are days in the year. We pray for working class families struggling to make ends meet. And we pray for politicians struggling to enact change. And by faith, God, we pray for our city. We pray for our school teachers, particularly those working in low-income schools that are under-resourced and overworked. We pray for our brothers and sisters in South Dallas who lack economic and transportation opportunities that we so easily take for granted. And we pray for all of those who are seeking new jobs, new homes, new communities, new relationships, new beginnings. Be with them today. And finally, in faith, we pray for the things left unsaid. We pray for hurt and grief. We pray for broken marriages and broken hearts. We pray for those who have lost a loved one to suicide as well as those who have lost a loved one to miscarriage. But most of all, we pray for the wisdom, conviction, and the courage to be your church in this world. We see the need. We know it personally. So help us respond in faith. And with open hearts, we lift our voices in unison to pray the prayer your son taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debts. this community we call the church has many purposes. One of those purposes is to care for God's creation and God's world all around us, which is why every year this congregation gives to organizations in our city and around the world that are creating change, and your generosity makes that possible. This morning, all single-dollar bills that go into the offering plate will continue to be given to Evergreen Life Services that provides home and vocational opportunities for adults in this city with developmental differences. Friends, let us be the church by giving generously this morning.
Gracious God, there simply are not enough ways to say thank you. From family and friends to food on our tables and a roof over our heads, we have so much to be grateful for. So today we give back a small token as expression of our gratitude. Use this to build your kingdom here and now. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I invite all third graders to come forward to stand on the stairs and their teachers. While the third graders are coming forward, I wanted to introduce myself to those that I do not know. My name is Ann Nielsen and I am the children's director here at Preston Hollow and I work with all families that have kids that are zero through sixth grade. And it is a joy um, to be here to present the Bibles to our third graders this morning. So third graders, if you can turn around and look at me as you're here on the stairs. <laughs> it is good to see your faces up here. The Bible that you are receiving this morning, it is new, and it not only looks different, but it is in a new translation called the Common English. That means it uses more familiar words to tell you the Bible stories. It has lots of notes and pictures to help you understand the stories better. You'll also be receiving a bookmark and Bible tabs to help you as in your memory work this year and as you continue to read the Bible. So I want you to go ahead and turn back around so that your families can see you. <laughs> All right, and as I read your name, go ahead and stay on the stairs and your teachers will come and give the Bible to you. Ian Batia, Maggie Birdwell, Temi Brackett, Mia Capetta, Graham Chapman, Emerson Freeberg, Eric Gafford, Michaela Hendricks, Justin Mactinger, Kate McAlexander, Joseph Nolan, Amaris Palm, Connor Preham, Audrey Reddick, Charlie Warlick and Noah Nora Zohar. Congratulations, third graders from your church family. We hope that you will read your new Bible every day and learn more and more stories of how God loves us. Let us pray. In the beginning, your word, O oh God, we thank you for this amazing book the holy scripture that reveals you to us. As these third graders crack open the spines of their new Bible for the first time, and each time it is opened, may this book inform and inspire these young people this year and throughout their lives. Amen. Third graders, you may return to your families. Everyone else, I invite you to stand for our closing hymn.
as we go forth from this hour of worship to be the church in the world, may God give us the grace never to sell ourselves short. Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to recognize that the world is now too dangerous for anything but truth and far too small for anything but love. So may God take our minds and think through him. And may God take our lips and speak through him. And may God take our hearts, each and every one of them, and set them on fire. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all and guide us in our many, 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 many different ways this day and all of our days. May it be so.